Father, indeed, we thank you. We praise you again that, God, you meet with us in this place. And God, I thank you that, indeed, you were, you are, you always will be. You are our God. And so, God, this morning, we just bow before you and we lay at your feet the concerns, the cares of our hearts. We ask you to, God, just make us mindful of your word this morning and exactly what it is that you need and want for us to learn from your word. Speak to us individually. God, uh, by your spirit, help us to hear you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. All righty. Woo. <clears throat> we are in Hebrews because we continue, and I cleaned off my desk. Look at that. It's all gone. I don't even have my little sign. I don't know what. Oh, it's over there. We've been looking at faith and discipline all year. We started out with the disciplines of our faith and what it means to, to do the things on a regular daily basis that allow us to grow, that allow us... Exactly. That allow us to uh, to understand and to be able to um, to draw near. Okay, that's sort of the idea. This idea of drawing near to God and and receiving and understanding the blessing that God intends for us. And so, as we look at today, it's interesting that chapter four, as we continue in Hebrews, really uh, gives some some very specific sort of delineation. All of chapter four. Uh, we're we're looking at at just uh, 14, 15, 16 this morning, and it's just three verses that really um, kind of uh, set a pivot point for us. I just really want us to hear uh, what it is that uh, God wants us to hear this morning. Verse 14 says, therefore, and we'll look at why that's therefore. Since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. You see, Hebrews follows a pretty pretty clear pattern of, of, of outline. We, we deal with... Um, uh, Jesus uh, and 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 historically, how the writer of Hebrews decided that uh, he needed to explain to the Hebrew people. <sighs> I like that little rail down there. Writer of Hebrews needed to explain to the Hebrew people what it was that uh, that they were receiving historically uh, from God, that God their Father had offered them something had offered them something that he was providing for in the the shed blood of Jesus Christ, the Son, the Messiah, the Anointed One, the One that had been promised to them. Quite honestly, what God was providing for them, and it takes a, a study of all 66 books to get the weight of this, that back in Genesis when Jesus, when God said, Six days, the Lord worked, and on the seventh, he rested. See? Rest. Thank you for letting me sit down. See? Rest. It's something God would know our need of because he's the one who created us. Rest. And so we take very literally throughout history, Look all the way back to the Hebrew people that the Hebrew... I got to get up. 
God, the Hebrew writer, and remember, many think it could be Paul, and it might as well Paul or whoever. We know that it was a Hebrew writer writing to the Hebrew people and explaining to the Hebrew people who they are in Christ, who their Savior is, who their Messiah is, who God's promised one is. And so he goes through these first uh, first four chapters explaining the supremacy, the superiority, the, the, the pinnacle that is Jesus, you see. Because when we get into chapter 5, we're going to learn about Jesus, the high priest, and we're going to, we're going to be in the high priesthood of Jesus from, from chapters 5 through chapter 10. But verse 14 starts with this idea of therefore. So what is it that, that he is continuing the thought of? What is it that he's pointing out? Because chapter 4 actually goes into what, what God had promised his people, not simply in creation, but, but in the exodus and in the, the journey through the wilderness. And, and then they disobeyed him and they rebelled against him. And he said, I was angry and, and I said, you will not enter my rest was he talking about the sabbath day you see here's what we've got to understand god has given for us exactly what we need provided what we need and he's he's provided the means to have it because quite honestly, if uh, 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 here you go, some of you are going to get mad at me, but it's all right. You'll get over it. If it was just about taking a day off, everybody in the whole world can voluntarily of their own will take a day off. But it doesn't necessarily mean they'll find rest. You see? So, so as we look at this, I want to explain kind of where we are because if you look at verse 1, and I didn't give this to the guys on the computer, but this is what it says. Therefore, since the promise to enter his rest remains, let us beware that none of you be found to have fallen short. What is he saying right there? See, the writer of Hebrews, who is a Hebrew himself, well-versed in what the Hebrew people believe, what the Jewish practice of Sabbath or Shabbat, all that is, all right? That there's a day set aside. Like I said, I don't know that he was follow, following a, a Caesarean or Gregorian calendar, but God said, you got to take a day to rest. He's talking of physical rest, but there's something beyond that that he's talking about. He's talking about something more than just taking a day off. Therefore, since we have this great high priest, so what do we need a high priest for? What is it that, that I need? A, that, why? Guess what? I grew up all Baptist. We didn't know anything about priests. But but since I've been in ministry over the years and up and down the East Coast, guess what? I find a lot of people who the first things out of their mouth will be, well, I grew up Catholic. Right? I dare say several in the room would repeat that same statement. So this concept of a priesthood is understood. I don't understand. I will give you my hmm, somewhat... Uh, other than type understanding of it. It sounds like a gatekeeper. Now, the only reason I would say that and risk offending 
folks who come from a Catholic background and upbringing is, is that Jesus right here is given to be our high priest. And he is the one that God has provided for to give entrance into rest. Right? No earthly person can, can give you into rest. No, 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 no office on earth has God established that says, okay, here, enter rest. You see? And so when we look at this, what we've got to realize is, is that this pivot in, in, in chapter four is something that God wants us to have an understanding of, understanding of, uh, uh, and, and, and so as we consider leading up to verse 14, because I'll get into verse 14. This is all the introduction. So you know what? We might be here till the next crowd shows up. Therefore, since the promise to enter his rest remains, let us beware that none of you be found to have fallen short. What does that mean? That means when Joshua, which, which is what Lois was talking about, crossing the Jordan River, when they entered the promised land, was that the entering of rest? Or is what, 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 what the writer of Hebrews is sharing with us right here saying, look, the, the promise to enter rest remains. So there's another rest, right? Something else that, that God wants us to understand today. Something that, that you and I have to realize and it doesn't involve a chair or a recliner for that matter. Putting your feet up. Or dare I go so far as to say taking a day off. There is a rest that God refers to all the way back in Genesis that is meant for us to enter into. Okay? Verses 8 through 11, this is what it says because I want to share these with you. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would have not have spoken later about another day. Right? Joshua was the one that took them into their rest and the land was simply their rest. We wouldn't be talking about rest in the book of Hebrews. Okay, so we're going to unfold this thing just so you know. Therefore, a Sabbath rest remains for God's people. Not the day not the land. Okay? I'm going to walk this out. For the person who has entered his rest has rested from his own works just as God did from his. Let us then make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will fall into the same pattern of disobedience. You see? So as we look at chapter 4, verses 8 through 11, suddenly we start to realize, wait a minute, wait a minute, rest? Isn't that just taking Sunday off? I mean, good Protestants, let's just take Sunday off. I grew up in South Carolina. We had what they called blue laws. Did y'all have those in North Carolina? Used to, yeah. I remember, man, stores closed down, Right? You you couldn't you couldn't restaurants didn't open up. That's where the whole idea of the family Sunday dinner came from. Couldn't go out to eat because because people respected Sunday as the Lord's day or a 
Sabbath day. See? So as you continue looking at chapter 4, and you realize that there is a promise to be had. There, there, the God has said all the way going back, work six days, take, a, take the seventh day as a holy, keep it holy as a rest day. So what he is telling us is, guess what? I created you. I know who you are and what you are physically. You have to have rest. And yet, there's a spiritual rest. And going all the way back to Genesis 3, God is saying, I am providing for. An interesting conversation. Some of you, I mentioned last week, I guess, or had mentioned David Gilbride, and David passed away last Sunday afternoon, and we did his funeral on Friday and Saturday, and yesterday I had a gentleman come in from Long Island. (laughs) And guess what they said when I was meeting them? They said, yeah, we grew up Catholic. Well, no, she said I grew up Catholic. He said I grew up Lutheran. I was like, okay. So we started talking. She said, but we got saved in 1992. Okay. There's a differentiation there, right? There's something in in their, their history and in their current that they made. I didn't make that differentiation. They did. And so as, as we were talking there, this is what we said together, you know, this idea that, that religion, right, is man's attempt to get to God. And you see it all in every one of them. Let's work it out. We've got to do this much and we've got to do that much and we've got to be over here and we've got to be over there and we've got to take that day. We've got to do this thing over there and we've got to do that over there. Remember in Romans, we saw that argument about some people consider one day more important than the other day. Remember that Sunday we talked about that. So here, folks, what I want you to understand here is that that with regard to what God has given and provided for us, uh, there is a rest, quite honestly, that I believe is available seven days a week. That's what he's talking about right here. Because if there is a rest to be entered, and, and, and verse 12, and we can't leave this one out because we put this on little signs in our house. For the word of God is living and effective and sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating as far as the separation of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, to judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. But then we come into therefore. Therefore! Since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to that confession of faith, belief. Because that's what he says right there. He says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted just like we've been tempted, but did not sin. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in a time of need. What is rest? Rest is a physical thing. Rest is indeed a physical thing. I mean, we otherwise we wouldn't have invented chairs. Right? How many of you grew up in a church with hard wooden pews? Thank you. You know, if you put that that, uh, Murphy's soap oil stuff on it, Man, those pews will slide. <laughs> one Sunday morning, my, me and my friend Andy, he would get it one in. <laughs> Andy's daddy was the pastor. We'd get it one in and we'd slide. Whoosh, 
and bumper cars in the middle of the pew. And one of the worst church spankings I ever got. <laughs> right there. I've told the story before. Outside the front of our church, we had these big steps that went down to the sidewalk and, and there were these enormous shrub bushes. I think they trimmed them uh, by design to create this little pocket behind them for parents to institute corporal punishment out of sight of the world. I knew the back of those bushes well. As you can imagine. You see, there, there is a spiritual rest. There is a spiritual Sabbath. So what is it? Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has entered in. See, Jesus did the work and sat down at the right hand of the Father. He has given us rest, provided for us rest, you see? Because it, 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 it's more than a day off. Jesus was the one who said, you know, that he, he, he claimed Lord of the Sabbath. You see? He's in charge of our rest. He is the high priest and he is the son. He is the one, the high priest. There, there is no need. We're going to get to it when we start talking about the high priest. There's no need for intermediary priests. I'm not a priest. Pastor. My favorite definition of the word pastor is a shepherd. Guess what? I'm, I'm, I'm walking along. I'm a sheep. You see? We walk along together in this thing. Jesus is the high priest. And he's the son. He has taken possession of what the father has given him. You see? And so when we surrender ourselves to him, when we surrender ourselves in faith to trust him for forgiveness to trust him for lordship to trust him for salvation uh, what he does is is that he he gives us rest from the toil of earning earning entrance you can't earn it and we know we don't deserve it he, he, he is high priest and son of God. He is son of God and man. It's what he says. He says he knows our temptations. He knows our weaknesses. He, he, he was tempted in every way that we have been tempted and yet did not sin. He was perfect. He is the only one who can be the lamb. Of sacrifice. It's the only one. You see. Therefore. Let us approach the throne of grace. With boldness. Why? Now, I'm going to be honest with you now. Um, there are some places. I'm a little bit. Tentative. Afraid. Right? To go to. Right? I remember the first time I had to go to court. For a traffic ticket. Okay. Yes, sir. I'm sorry, sir. Yes, please. I'd never do it again. 
You're right. But anyway, right? you stand before a judge and you're kind of like, mm-hmm. yes, sir, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? There, there, there's a, let's call it a, a healthy respect. Or you can, like me, call it fear. Right? I'm afraid. I mean, that person sitting there with that robe on, and if I'm appearing before them, uh, has some sort of authority to have an impact on my life. Right? Take him away. Yikes. But what is it? This says to enter, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness. Why? Because Jesus is there. Sat down at the right hand of the Father as our high priest, our advocate. So that in faith, those who believe enter his rest is what Hebrews teaches us. It's this idea that that once we've trusted Jesus for salvation, you see. I mean, it it, it keeps on. If you read all of chapter four, you're going to get the whole gist of this thing. But here you go. Those who believe have rest. Not just when we pass, but today. Today, do you do we as as the believers in Jesus, the body of Christ, the gathering of the saints, the do we live like we have that rest? Are we constantly working to earn it? You see? I think that's that's part of the the shall I call it our faith struggle those who believe in a rest and we approach the throne of God as children of God because our brother our advocate our friend is the one interceding on our behalf right Enter into his rest. See? God has provided for your rest. Follow. Follow him closely. Stay so close that you don't miss what he's done and what he's doing. If you don't know Jesus this morning, I'll just tell you right now, you need him as your high priest. You need the Son of God. You need the advocate that God has provided. A Savior. Salvation. Maybe you know Jesus, but but you feel like it's that you're working all the time to somehow earn God's love. Can't earn it. He loves you. He's offered you adoption. We're going to sing one more song. It gives you the opportunity to respond to God. Not to me, not to the gathering, not to anything else of this earth. But if God's uh, <clears throat> spoken to your heart this morning and said, you need Jesus, then I want you to encourage, I want to, encourage you to receive 
Christ, salvation, regeneration. Okay? So he's saying, I'll be right here standing down front if you want to know Jesus, we'll introduce you. Maybe you just want to pray about something going on. Maybe you want to be a part of what God's doing here at the gathering. You can come down and say, hey, I want to join. This is the time to do that when we're singing this song and I'm standing down front. You just uh, come and and we'll talk. All righty? We'll pray. Pray with me now. Father, thank You for today. and God, for, for that which You want to do in our lives. And that, God, You will do in our surrender. In our... In our forfeit of rebellion, God, help us not to be rebels against You. So God, this morning, if there's even one here that doesn't know Jesus, never received salvation, my prayer is is that they'd bow, that they'd surrender. If there are believers, if there are your kids here this morning, God, that are, are feel the, uh, this incredible struggle, God, I pray that they would begin now to learn of Your rest to enter into your rest. God, my prayer is also that if there are those who are supposed to be a part of what you're doing here, the work that goes on here, God, my prayer is is that we would be the body and work together. Thank you, God, for doing great things. Help us just to be very sensitive to what you speak. Help us to respond in Jesus' name. Amen.